back to another episode of Product Thinking. I am Kyle Evans. This week, we are talking about The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker, a book review, how we meet and why it matters. As people, we gather frequently for meetings at work, for dinner as friends, for holidays as families. Yet so frequently, our gatherings disappoint us, but we still continue to do the same things, expecting different results. Insanity, right? In a recent podcast, my guest Ronnie suggested the book The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker, of course. And I love to get book suggestions from my podcast guests and put them all on my reading list. So I was excited to get this one and I am excited to review it. And of course, you can check out that podcast episode over at my other podcast, Product by Design. And you, of course, can find the link to that in this week's newsletter over at productthinking.cc. You can find that in the show notes as well. For readers of this newsletter or listeners, of course, to my podcasts, you'll see many themes we talk about frequently reflected in this book, which makes it a great read, in my opinion, to see so many of the principles we use as product people applied to gatherings, in work settings, in personal settings. It both validates the ideas and helps us see them in a new light. This includes ideas like understanding the underlying purpose, not becoming overly ritualized, owning the gathering, and working backwards. So whether you're looking to improve your recurring meetings, your family gatherings, or your upcoming offsite or high school reunion, yes, 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 and yes, <laughs> this is certainly the right place to start. So let's dive in. Let me give an overview briefly of the book. So gatherings are incredibly important. Maybe even more so now for many of us, now that work in many industries have has moved to remote. As our spatial proximity and even our temporal proximity decreases, and I wrote about that in an article about remote work, our social proximity becomes even more important. And then taking full advantage of those times when we have all three of those things, spatial, temporal, and social proximity, when we're all together in the same place at the same time and for the same reason, it becomes so important. And that is the key point or one of the key points of Priya Parker's book. How can we make our gatherings better? It involves the principles and the practical advice for making meetings and social gatherings more productive and more meaningful. We won't review everything here, but let's touch on a few key ideas that I found particularly fascinating. So first off, be human-centered. A gathering is all about who and not what. It's easy to lose sight of that, as the author mentions in the book. If you search the internet, for planning a party. You'll likely see many tips for planning food, planning the space, other logistical preparations, and those are all important. But the most important thing about any gathering is the people who are gathering. Much like human-centered design, which we talk about all the time, human-centered gathering puts the people at the center of our gathering. Much like human-centered design puts people at the center of our work and it plans around them. It's not about the food or the agenda 
or the software that we're creating or the application. It's about the people having the experience. Everything needs to support that. So all the logistical concerns are important as far as they support the purpose of the gathering and the people involved. If we lose sight of that, if we lose sight of the people, we ultimately lose the point. With that in mind, we also need to have a clear purpose for our gathering. Whether it is a meeting, an offsite, a family dinner, whatever it is, what do we want to achieve? What will make this gathering special for the people involved? What will make it different from the other moments before and after? We must have a purpose and we should center it around the outcomes for the people involved. So that's the the first thing, one of the first key things that I took away, be human-centered. So second, be an active host. In chapter three, Parker tells hosts not to be uh, quote-unquote chill. It's a theme that carries throughout the rest of the book. Hosting a gathering is an active affair, whether it's a social event, a conference, a dinner, or a weekly meeting. If you've gathered people together, you need to be in charge. Your guests, your family, or your team are depending on you. This starts with ensuring the right people are present and the wrong people aren't. This can be a difficult thing as a host. It can be difficult as product people as well. We often want to include more people in order to be inclusive, not hurt feelings, not face the fact that not everyone adds to the purpose of a gathering. But the fact remains that not everyone contributes and some people may actually detract from a meeting or a gathering. As a host, you need to understand that and protect the people involved and the purpose of your gathering. Once you've convened, your job continues as a host. You must rule with uh, what the author calls generous authority to protect your guests, equalize your guests, and connect your guests. You can't or shouldn't abdicate your authority, but you also shouldn't use it for selfish reasons either. It should be about helping the people in your gathering and achieving the purpose you created your gathering for. So that is the second thing. Be an active host. Third, bring the heat. Don't be afraid of controversy or debate. I enjoy spirited debate and believe that healthy controversy is important for good meetings. If everyone always agrees, then you are all unnecessary to paraphrase the famous quote. We shouldn't shy away from difficult conversations or difficult topics. Those topics are where the breakthroughs come from. They are where we can go deeper to get deeper meaning and deeper connection. Often we avoid these difficult topics for fear of, of rocking the boat, or they need to just get along. Teams and organizations often have sacred cows, as Parker describes it, that they are trying to protect. These are the things that often seem untouchable, whether traditions, rituals, processes, or other things, other ways of doing things. But we should be willing to question the sacred cows. In one of my former companies, we used to have the sacred cow award is what it was called. It went to the team member who took on one of the company's sacred cows that month or quarter. And it was a fun way of tackling the tough issues we had to face and encouraging everyone to take on the enormous challenges and try to face down the entrenched ways of doing things, even if we failed individually or collectively as a team. So that was one of the, the third big takeaways. Uh, bring the heat. Don't shy away from controversy or debate. Finally, open and close well. We tend to remember the beginning 
and the ending better than anything else. This is partly due to the serial position effect, as well as the primacy effect and recency effect. It's just how our memory works when we recall events or lists or other things. Knowing that, we should open and close our gatherings well. The author offers the very practical advice of not opening the funeral with logistics, as she describes it, which is often how we open most meetings. And don't close with thank yous. Those can be important items, the logistics and the thank yous, or could be left out entirely depending on the context, but should not be the beginning or the ending since that space should be reserved for the most important part of your gathering. You know, I was helping to emcee a conference recently and I wish I had read this book beforehand because I fell victim to both of these issues as a host, unfortunately. I opened with logistics terribly, then closed weekly with a short recap of the two days and by thanking the people involved. It wasn't powerful at all and didn't follow the advice that Parker gives in the book to honor and awe your guests in the beginning and then close by looking inward to reflect and then looking outward to transition back to the world. So in conclusion, uh, you know, I felt that the book focused on larger, more infrequent gatherings. And it also leaned more toward personal than professional. At least that's where my mind went while reading. You know, and that said, I believe that most of the principles can apply to personal and professional gatherings. They can also apply to regular meetings along with less frequent gatherings. The more time we take to understand the purpose of our gathering, whether it is to reconnect with friends, to develop deeper relationships among extended family, or simply to create a shared understanding of our product metrics, the better our gatherings can be. Our meetings can continually improve as we take charge as hosts and focus on the purpose and the people involved. And let's face it, we know the meetings need to improve. With the right principles put into practice, we can make all our gatherings much more meaningful for ourselves and everyone involved. So that is this week's discussion of The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. Uh, Another great read. Highly suggest you add it to your list if you are involved in meetings or gatherings of any sort, and I believe that you probably are. Check that out at productthinking.cc where you can subscribe to our newsletter. If you haven't done so already, of course, you can follow this podcast wherever you get podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Product Thinking, just one T in the middle. You can follow me, of course, at Kaya Larry Evans. And with that, we will sign off for this week. And thank you again for listening. And as always, keep questioning your assumptions. And we will talk again next time.